Welcome to the next edition of Meet the Staff. This is a special segment of the Sklo Library podcast. I'm David Pensick, Communications Manager for Sklo Center Region Library. We are located in the heart of downtown State College on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street. And this is something we started last month and that we'll be doing each month, at the end of each month, is bringing on a different staff member from Sklo and getting a chance for you to get to know them better, besides hearing about the work they do at SCLO, just hearing about their background, how they got into a career in libraries, some of the work they do, out, and some of the interests they have outside the library. We have such a great and diverse staff here at SCLO that do a lot of things, have a lot of different interests. That would be a good chance for you to hear from them and hear, you know, get to know them beyond uh, beyond them sitting behind a desk or if you talk with them on the phone. So uh, we just are going to be doing this at the end of each month. And now that we're at the end of July, uh, we're going to be bringing on technician Liz Bennett. Liz has been with SCLO since 2013. Uh, she handles damaged items, incomplete items. She works at the front desk, at the patron service desk. She also does training of our pages and mentors part-time library assistants, and uh, just does a lot of different things at the library. I think that's something you'll find out about as we go, as we bring on different staff members. Uh, they wear diff- different hats through, throughout SCLO, uh, but she does just does a lot of great work behind the scenes and also at the desk when she's at the patron service desk. Uh, she grew, uh, grew up in Florida. She was born in Washington, D.C., and she got her start, uh, her career in library started at a community college library in Charleston, South Carolina, more than 13 years ago. So hope you enjoy my conversation with Liz as you get a chance to meet Liz Bennett, a technician at Sklo Library. interesting positions at the <laughs> library, given what you maybe deal with or see. Um, some of the things you deal with, you process damaged items mm-hmm. that come through the libraries, get checked in. Can you, I guess, describe what you do, and I don't know if you want to go into some of the more interesting <laughs> sure. things you've experienced in your job there. So, um, mostly I bill for damaged items mm-hmm. and also incomplete items. So, if you forget to bring a DVD disc back or a game uh, I have piece. to say, I am guilty of that. I know, but yeah, so I, this is, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> so. um, generally, the damaged items are like water damage, mm-hmm. um, but I do get some interesting ones from time to time. A lot of uh, frequent flyer damage items are like um, how to train your dog, and it comes back and chewed. It's a bit cliche, but that does happen. Um, I got a really interesting one yesterday, actually. Um, It was a children's book that had marker all over the inside of it, bright pink marker, Mm -hmm. and they had tucked the marker back into the book. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be an interesting one to to fill for. So they lose a book but gain a marker. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, is it 
I guess what's what's that like for you know your lover of books? You work in a library to have. I mean, you know, it's not you know it's not on purpose. Mostly, it's probably ch- sounds like it's children's yeah. issues. So, I mean, how, how's it to deal with uh, patrons or see books come back that in that state? It's <laughs> it's um, it is difficult. Mm. Um, I I always have two things that I keep in mind when I am processing damaged books. Number one is we want to keep our collection good and clean and circulatable for everybody so they can all have the same experience. But at the same time, we also have community members in our community that are not well off and they're not able to, you know, replace the books or things like that too. So we actually started a new policy of where we don't bill for damaged board books anymore because they just go through so quickly and they're just little kids and we would rather them come to the library and not be afraid to check out books. Mm -hmm. So I kind of balance a couple different things. Um, I had a young lady come into the library crying with her mom. Mm -hmm. Her her ex-partner had damaged her library books because she went back for them. And so she brought them in and they were just, the pages were torn out, the spine was broken. It was, they were just unusable. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had the choice to bill her for these materials. Um, but instead, I checked with my boss, and we we're just like, no, we're going to waive them. She's been through enough already. We want her to have a clean slate again. Mm-hmm. So it's a balance between, you know, making sure that our collection is in good condition mm-hmm. and also trying to meet our community's needs also. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, how, how would you describe your interactions with, with the people who come into the library? It's, it's, you're sort of at the front line sometimes, yes. working the desk, and... and you see people, who, you know, why they use a library, how they come in, and, and I guess was, the stories like that, that I guess that, that really is heartwarming, at least that we can provide mm-hmm. and, and help, be of help, I guess. What are your interactions like with, with patrons in the it's, library? It's always a gray zone for mm-hmm. folks. Um, I, I know a lot of people like to think of it as, well, it's damaged, black or white, you have to bill for it or things, mm-hmm. but, you know... Libraries are about communities. It's not necessarily about our collection. And so that's what I try to cultivate in my um, my experiences with the customers. Mm-hmm. I've had, um, you know, children damage a book. There was actually one instance. You know how when you peel a banana, you get those, like, little peelies? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I experienced that a lot with my children, but yes. <laughs> so a child used one of those banana peelies as a bookmark inside of a book and it it damaged the book you couldn't use it again you know and so the father took the child up to the front desk and tried to teach her her some responsibility you know it was very mortifying on my part I did not want to be part of that at all (laughs) but yeah so I have you know some people will say I did not damage this book. It got damaged after I put it in the book drop, you know, and it's clearly like water damage and still watery. And but it's like at those moments, other books would also be damaged if it got damaged in the book drop. So and then other people, they want to they won't pay the damage fee, but they'll give us a donation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's I just have to 
work with folks as best as I can yeah. sometimes. Yeah, it's a balancing act. It really is, is yes. Um, how did you, have you always, been working in a library always a dream of yours or a goal of yours? And talk about your journey sure. to this. Yeah, yeah that, that's a really good question. Um, I actually used to go to a community college in South Carolina when I lived in Charleston, and I had a work-study position at their community college library, which was really great. And, you know... I, that's when I learned that librarians need a master's degree to be a librarian. I talked to the librarians. I was like, this is nuts. Like, why? <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Luckily, they were yes. not offended. <laughs> they took that time to plant a seed in my mind, you know, and I was like, okay, they're, they're kind of cool. I kind of like what they're doing. And uh, when I came to Penn State, I got a couple internships with libraries, um, with the Penn State Library, um, and got to know some of the librarians there and everything like that. And, um, and I just knew that public libraries is where it's at for me because I believe it's kind of like the last uh, democratic place, right? We have this idea of um, meritocracy, right? If you can do anything, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But I really believe that knowledge is the only true um, factor that can lift people out of poverty or change their life another way, right? So public libraries have a mission for free and open access to information, which I really believe in. Mm. And um, actually, I worked a couple part-time jobs at Penn State Library, too. One was in their digitization, preservation, conservation department, which... Mm has helped informed my job <laughs> dealing with damaged items. Yeah. Wow. And you mentioned you've moved around a lot, and even growing up, you had a, a father in the military. Talk about what it was like as a child, maybe moving around a little bit, and, and how were, did libraries, I guess, play a big part in your life, even as a young child? Um, I remember in elementary school, before we moved before we moved to another elementary school i remember going to the library and i think my mom was returning books before we had our move and um, I remember my brother had, my mom did not know this, my brother dug into like the change, you know, in the car and brought it inside and like gave it to the librarians on the desk. <laughs> oh, my nice. mom was mortified. <laughs> oh, but like, I think even him and I share this love of like, yes, we love books and everything like that. Mm. And um, when I went to visit my mom in Florida this past um, spring, she had reminded me that when I was in middle school or high school, I had volunteered at my local public library, and I totally forgot about that. Mm. I remember being there and loving, you know, going through the stacks and everything. I don't know how much I volunteered, probably. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's always been a part of my yeah. life. And um, I guess just moving around, so you've been in different towns, communities, um, I guess, what's that experience like that you've been able to experience uh, being, you, I guess, grew up in, or you were born in Washington, D.C.? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you've been in big cities and middle, and I guess, what's that been like, what was that like for you to be in these different areas of the country? No, that's a really good question. Um, you know, growing up in Florida is very suburban, sprawl-like mm-hmm. stuff, right? So I didn't really have, like, a sense of community. Mm-hmm. And um, living in Charleston, it was also really sprawled out. We had an Air Force base and a Navy base there, so it was tons and tons of people. Um, so moving here and living here, 
I really have gotten a sense of the community because it's a smaller community. Um, you know, I can I run into library patrons all the time, no matter where I go, um, and it's it's really nice to have that sense of secure not sense of security, that sense of community mm-hmm. and uh, rapport with your uh, patrons. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then I see them in other aspects of my life. If I'm going to community events, I see them there, and so we start building these like relationships that are all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really cool. And it's not something that I really experienced in other cities because I think they're just so large, you yeah. know? And th- I guess because SCLO, we pride ourselves on being this cornerstone of the community. I guess being, we're, like you said, working at the library, I mean, how do you feel SCLO does in promoting the sense of community, I guess, in, in this region? You know? mm, that's a really great question. Yeah. I know we try to have partnerships, mm. like the um, the theater festival that was mm-hmm. just here, the second one, and with Arts Fest, we have lots of events going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that the library tries to kind of tap into our various communities mm-hmm. and um, tries to have that sense of community for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about your uh, passions outside sure. the library. I guess uh, you, you mentioned about uh, makeup, I guess, is a big thing. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, obviously, I'm not an uh, expert on this. <laughs> but I, I talk about how that came about and what, uh, you know, what you do to... Um, uh, pursue that passion. And, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that one's definitely not library related at all. <laughs> yeah. Although it could be an interesting program you could have. So I don't know. <laughs> um, a few years ago, I was suffering from uh, debilitating and chronic migraines. So um, I really, you know, when you're in that much pain, you can't really do anything or move or anything. So I started watching a lot of YouTube tutorials, mm-hmm. right? YouTube is kind of also another democratic kind of thing right you can learn anything from anyone and so I eventually because I felt so rotten on the inside with all this pain I wanted to cover up my face and make sure that I looked nice so I could actually feel somewhat nice in a way to kind of cover up that chronic pain so that's where um, that evolved um, that started and then I gained um, a lot of close friendships with some uh, beauty communities on Facebook Um, lots of close friendships and all of that and um, um, it's funny, my boss, um, I she's constantly coming to me for makeup tips for her daughter, <laughs> which is which is really nice. Yeah. And then, um, you know, whenever I do do something special with my makeup, the customers are always like, oh, I love your lipstick or this or that, you know. So it's like another uh, building rapport with my with my patrons, too. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Maybe a future side. Uh, Maybe. Hustle, yeah, no side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess what uh, I know you've touched on a lot with what you do. It's, is there part of your job that you love or what's the part that you love the most in, in, at SCLO? I really um, like mentoring our part-timers. Mm. Um, so most of them are in high school or college um, age ranges and um, it's because I don't have children I feel like they're my pseudo children <laughs> but not really like you know yeah, children not, no mom like kind of relationship there but it's just it's really rewarding to see them grow and kind of blossom like this one particular part-timer 
Um, she would have a hard time speaking to you. Um, and so now we can't get her to stop talking. <laughs> oh, <that's great. laughs> you know, and she works at the front desk and she has wonderful relationships with our patrons. She's very customer service oriented. And it's just amazing to think just a couple of years ago, we were like pulling strings just to like get her to like say something. Mm. So it was pretty, it's, it's rewarding to mm. see them kind of blossom and fly. Mm. How many, um, part-timers do you usually have are watching over? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Right now we have a lot because it's summer reading, so we have lots of um, employees. On average, I would say about four or five a night um, that I am supervising. Mm -hmm. Have you seen ones that have left, but they still come back? to see? Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. That's got to be great. To, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, almost like a teacher or whatever. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I guess, do you see any uh, ones that might be aspiring to uh, go into the library? So, so yeah. just like the librarians at yeah. my community college, yeah. I keep trying to plant that seed also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we have one particular part-timer who is in I, um, IST, mm-hmm. and so me and Lisa are trying to encourage him to like, okay, you know, you could also do libraries with this degree also. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to kind of plant that also. Yeah. Is there anything either in your job or... Um, like that you're hoping to do or would like to do maybe down the road or either with this career in SCLO or even on a personal (laughs) note there. So a couple years ago, I did a conference. um, Harwood Institute did a a, um, conference for libraries about how to create change in your community. And I learned so much from that conference. And so um, last year I did a, uh, what's, what's it called? kind of like a community living room talk, like a forum almost, right? But it's got certain questions and everything like that. So I'm hoping that I'll have time again this year to do another one of those kind of conversations where we go out to the community, kind of listen and hear what it is they want, what it is that they need. So it's a very uh, community-driven kind of change rather than a organization type change which leads to very vastly different results so that's what I'm hoping to accomplish did you find out anything surprising from when you did it the the first time or uh, Um, yeah so I actually um, talked with some homeless folks in the community Mm -hmm. uh, because I wanted to really understand what they're going through, what their needs are, um, especially because we deal with so many homeless folks at the library too. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Well, the first thing that they said was no donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Because people are constantly dropping off donuts, but like they need, they deserve healthy and nutritious foods, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of just junk food. Um, But they also had said um, they wish there was a central location where they can access all sorts of services, or if they could have like a caseworker that they can refer to. Um, Sometimes because they have jobs, it's hard for them to get the resources that they need and getting to those appointments that are, you know, all spread out throughout the county and everything, which I thought was very surprising. Um, Just some infrastructure, central infrastructure, just to kind of minimize these kind of bureaucratic, like red tape kind of stuff they have to go through. Wow, that's fascinating. It's great that you're 
doing that because that, that's a lot of that's information we can use in this. Yes, absolutely. Both at the library and the community in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, I'd like to wrap up. I ask uh, everyone about their, a book that influenced them, or if you just your favorite book. But I don't know if there's a book that impacted your life or. You know, your favorite book you want to talk about. <laughs> um, okay, so there's a book that I read last year that I've been telling everyone to read. It's called The Power by Naomi Alderman, I believe. It's an orange cover. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? I'll stand out there. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's a um, oh, what is the word for this? It's speculative fiction, so it poses an idea of what would the world be like if this happened. Mm. And so basically in the book, women suddenly start developing these electricity kind of powers that they can emit from their bodies. Mm. And so it's all about how the dynamic between men and women change and also how power influences our culture and things like that. It follows like four separate people mm. and it is riveting. It is so good. Wow. That's uh, that's do we ha- and we have it in our collection. We do. Okay. <laughs> so definitely uh, people can check that out. Yeah. So that sounds really interesting. Well, Liz, thank you so much for your time and all the work you do at SCLO and hopefully people can will say hi to you and, and look for makeup tips yep. at the desk. <laughs> well, th- thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you. enjoyed getting to know Liz Bennett a little bit more and uh, of course say hi to her at the desk if you see her the new the episodes of the new episodes of the Sklow Library podcast new episodes drop each Wednesday the one that is out now is a, a conversation we had with Josh Battenhorst who's the CEO of Bright Star Touring Theater it's the national touring company they do a lot of children's productions and they're going to be coming to Sklow on Tuesday July 30th with their, with their show, Jack's Adventure in Space, and that's in our community room at 2.30. Of course, that all ties into uh, this year's summer reading uh, theme, Universal Story. So that should be a great show on July 30th. Next week's episode of the Skull Library podcast uh, will drop on July 31st, and it's a conversation we have, we're going to have with Matthew Van Fossen. He wrote a book through Gilly's Eyes. Matthew became blind at the age of 21, and he's going to be coming to Sklo on August 10th. And the book is just, it's a really cool book. It's, it's basically a memoir, but it's, he, it's told through Gilly's eyes. That's his guide dog. His, his first guide dog was Gilly. So he imagines what the guide dog was thinking as he was going through some of these challenges in life. So it's a really cool book. Definitely recommend it. It is in our collection. And he'll be visiting on Saturday, August 10th at 2 p.m. in our community, community room. So that should be a great visit. So that's the next episode of the Slow Library podcast. Um, until then, hope everyone has a great weekend, great rest of the month of July, and we hope to see you at Slow Library. <laughs>